Hey everyone, uh, this is uh, Daily Cyber number 240. My name is Brandon Krieger. I'm a cybersecurity account executive. In today's Daily Cyber, I'm gonna be talking about a lot of things, what's going on in the industry, uh, as well as the success and failures kind of going through the pandemic right now when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit of update about what I'm working on and just really kind of catch up on kind of how everyone's doing with the pandemic. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network. And for more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Okay, so I hope everyone had a great uh, weekend. hope everything is going well. When it comes to the pandemic, your family and yourself are very safe because uh, there's so much going on right now when it comes to uh, the pandemic and everything that's going on. I mean, I'm having conversations constantly with companies and, and people about, you know, their personal well-being and everything that's going on with their family. Then work, you know, be entrepreneurs or people in companies and businesses just hearing about the stress of everything that's going on personally, professionally, financially, right across the board. So uh, I'd love to just hear from you just to check in to see how you're doing. Uh, if you're watching this, depending on where you're watching, uh, comment, uh, let me know. I've got the chat open so I can see uh, if you guys are, are commenting. Uh, best place to watch this right now is on YouTube. Um, just actually open that right now here. So I can kind of see all the chats and everything that's going on. So you can actually open up on YouTube. I have it on my screen here where I can have a conversation with you and answer any questions that you might have when it comes to cybersecurity or just let me know how you're doing. So a lot going on right now. Tons of things. So let me give you a, a recap on what's on what I'm working on, what's going on with myself. I know right now uh, I've been collaborating with people from different companies, different organizations, and looking at how we can get the word about, out about cybersecurity. Uh, Terra Nova Defense is one of the companies I've been working with uh, and cross-collaborating. Uh, we're looking at now creating up a meetup group, uh, which if you're interested in, let me know. I'll be sharing that out through the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you go to Daily Cyber, I'm going to show you guys this right now. Um, if you go here to Daily Cyber, you're going to see my podcast. And on the top here, you can see uh, Daily Cyber Community. Uh, you've got Daily Cyber Live. You got you know want to be a guest. And if you want to be a guest on the show, please let me know. Uh, click on that, fill out the form. I'm looking for guests who are interested in just sharing their journey in cybersecurity and what's going on and, and their insight. So if you want to be a guest, uh, click on that. Uh, if you 
uh, want to see the show and it's easy access www.dailycyber.ca you can click on that and you know just check in what when's the live shows what's going on it'll take you directly to the youtube and you'll be able to see it there also when you look at daily cyber community that's actually our meetup my meetup group that i'm creating right now so that you can be part of the meetup group you'll be notified of any events anything that's going on also the live events that are happening and any future you know, hopefully knock on wood when the pandemic's over, any in-personal events that we're doing. So a lot of great things there. So just wanted to kind of give you an update of what I'm working on, some housekeeping uh, so that you're up to date and how to be notified when events and everything is going live. So a lot going on there uh, when it comes to what I'm working on, how I'm trying to really get the message out about cybersecurity and what's been going on in the industry. Because I find right now there's... So much information. I don't know if you're finding that as well, but there's so much information going out when it comes to cybersecurity. It's so hard to keep up. I know for myself, I have Feedly that I have all my feeds in there from CSO Magazine, CSO Magazine, CIO Magazine, uh, Dark, Darknet, uh, Semantic. There's a whole bunch of different streams that have all come into one central portal where I'm constantly going through and just seeing what's going on in the industry uh, when it comes to news and cybersecurity so that I can inform the people that I'm working with, be it my customers, my clients, uh, partners that I work with, just keeping them up to date what's going on day to day when it comes to cybersecurity. And I think it's so important to be able to do that because there's so much, as you know, there's so much going on in the industry uh, from threats vulnerabilities new technologies you name it it's just ongoing so that's a little housekeeping on what i've been working on love to hear uh you're watching right now love to hear uh how you're doing how's things going on with yourself your family just make sure you know you're okay and you're healthy because this pandemic is really affecting a lot of people especially in ontario uh, I noticed the numbers are going up and they're starting to increase. So right now we're in a modified lockdown right now. And as things progress, you know, which hopefully they don't, uh, we might be going into even a more of a, a harder lockdown, more restrictive lockdown when it comes to what we have access to, what are we able to do. And I mean, they're trying to do their best, from my understanding with the government, trying to control the pandemic and limit the exposure as much as possible. And, and it's hard. I mean, it's not an easy thing to do, especially now we're coming up with the fall and winter and cold and flu seasons are coming up. So a lot going on there. Uh, other things I'm working on to keep you guys up to date. Uh, cybersecurity. When it comes to uh, the things I'm, I'm studying, one area that I've been looking at uh, and studying on Tuesdays with Joel Bork is uh, my the CSSP. And I think it's essential that we understand the business and the best way to say this is the business overview when it comes to security posture and protocols, not just the technology. You know, th technology is great looking at innovative, next generation, AI technology, whatever that may be, machine learning. All that's great. And it's always great to look at innovation. But it's understanding the business requirements and business needs when it comes down to is that security uh, strategy, is that technology good for the business? in many different factors. And I think this is where I'm seeing kind of the success and failures. And this is kind of really what this uh, live event and podcast is going to be about today is the success and failures when it comes to uh, cybersecurity and cybersecurity posture. And it comes down to looking at a top-down approach, looking at the business needs. 
because what I'm finding is when salespeople, and I'm going to talk about new guys getting in, so hungry, so excited about their new technology, and they're talking about how every company needs it, but the challenge is, is that the companies right now that are going through massive transition, massive changes right now, don't need the next generation innovative solution 90% of the time. They need something that's going to help them, that's going to reduce uh, their risk, they're going to be compliant, that's going to help them with their business uh, strategies and security. It's not going to cost them a lot of money uh, in their forecast and their budget because right now when it comes to business continuity, they're planning a lot of other different things. They're looking at uh, reducing costs for supply chain, uh, looking at you know their employees and making sure they're taken care of because when it comes to business, uh, people are first. Uh, a lot of times I've reading this, a lot of times I'm seeing this in different areas of business development, including cybersecurity, is your your most valuable asset is your resources and people, and you have to take care of them. So doing that and looking after them, you want to make sure that everything's being forecasted to be able to take care of them. And with that being said, you want to make sure that each and every person that is going through that, that's going through your planning and your forecasting is being taken care of from top-down approach to your executives, down to the management, down to your employees, your staff, down to kind of the general laborers that are, you know, really sweating it out right now and working hard to make sure everything's going. So you really want to look after the employees. And how that comes down to security is that when you're planning your security, having that mindset, what the business is looking at and what they're focused on really helps the executive that you're speaking to understand that you understand their business and their business needs versus I'm just trying to sell you X. I'm just trying to give you Y. doesn't matter what you're going through with your business, but I'm going to sell you that because that's what I need to make my money and my commissions. And I think that's a, like a huge mistake when it comes to cybersecurity is not understanding that core fundamental, you know, principle when it comes to understanding business is that you got to understand the person you're talking you got to understand what they're going through and see if it's something that they need i know for me and i'll speak honestly there's a lot of times when i'm calling and cold calling companies and that's who they see me as is that person that's trying to get an invoice in front of them, trying to get a sale and if you watch any of my podcasts you've watched any of my videos that's not who i am i am trying to provide value, help, support, guidance as best I can because I really truly care. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I do that. What I do is because I really care about companies. I really care about business. I really care about my business friends and colleagues that I'm working with and the ones I'm trying to connect with and, and cold calling, I'm working towards because to I'm working towards really building up a business uh, relationship with them because I am interested in them. I'm interested in their business. It's I have a, you know, a hunger for curiosity. You know, if it's, I'm just using this example, say it's in the retail space and I'm calling a retail store. I've done some research and I'm like, you know, I'm really interested in them. And I'm going to use Tentree as an example. I haven't called them, but some product I have that, you know, a lot of t-shirts that I, I buy from them, but I'm really interested in their company. And then I want to help them protect themselves because they're really doing great things in the industry. The people I really admire. And now I'm reaching out to them because I want to work with them because I feel not just myself, but my team that I work with with Usado 
can offer something or at least answer any questions that they might have and build up that rapport relationship that we can be trusted advisors that when something comes up, they ask us. And that's my focus. That's my goal. That's my big, big why. And a lot of people say, you know, you know, you look, watch these motivational things. You kind of read that. What's your big why? Like your big F and Y. Right? Why do you do what you do day in and day out? Why are you so passionate? Why do you have so much energy when it comes to what you do? And that's why my environment where I come up from is I truly want to help. I truly want to give back. I truly want to do that. And my vehicle that I'm doing this through is cybersecurity because I've grown up in an area and an environment where you understood the difference of, of right and wrong law enforcement. You kind of go through that. And I wanted to be in physical security. So being shot at one night at Jane and Finch, it kind of opened my eyes that that may be the might not be the right career for me when it comes to policing and all that. Let me transition. So I transitioned over to IT, which again was great. I had some skills in that from the start. And then I just drove in. It was because it was a passion for me to learn about IT. And I grew and I grew and I grew. And then combining the, my security knowledge to IT and then developing that out and then understanding about business and growing it really helped me kind of continue my why, my big kind of goal of connecting with companies and organizations and people to be able to help them. So I know that's a little bit of a rant of why I'm kind of doing what I'm doing, but I really want to just articulate that time and time again. That's why I do these podcasts. That's why I connect with experts. That's why I'm doing interviews with people is because I'm truly interested to learn from them and be able to share that information with all my colleagues, all my contacts, everyone that I connect with so that you guys can get the best value and understanding when it comes to cybersecurity and even have some of the conversations that I'm having in the back end when I'm talking in boardrooms or talking in meetings and be able to share information, of course, that is not you know, confidential, but information that have strategy and process and things that people are thinking about on a global level. I want to share that because if I can share that and all of us can improve, we all become better at delivering better security solutions, collaborating together and making sure that each company, each environment are more secure. So that's a little bit of a rant of kind of what I'm going through. And I wanted to share that with you because I'm finding more and more people are kind of standoffish and kind of go, ah, oh, Brandon, you know what? I'm not really sure. And, you know, you're, what are you trying to sell me? And they're asking these questions. And to me, I'm like, it's heartfelt. Like, I, I get it. I understand it. I'm like, how can I work with you? What can I do to share with you that this is not who I'm about? I'm not about this. I'm about helping you, providing value, being that, you know, consultant, you know, executive, whatever that you want to label my, me as. I'm just trying to think that we all kind of go through these labels. But whatever that label you want to call me, I want to be that person that, you, you know, when you have a security question, you call me. You know, you have that question. And then, yeah, we can have a conversation. Not trying to put an invoice in front of you, but just trying to have that that conversation of what you need. Why do you need it? What's the best solutions? Let me see if I can connect with you with someone that can answer that. If I can't answer that quickly over the phone, who can I get you into a collaboration with that's going to be able to answer that for you and give you value and be able to help you? So it's really important. I know I'm kind of ranting on talking about that, but it's really important to me so that people understand that. So that's a little bit of what I'm working on, what I'm going through right now. I want to go a little bit in the news. Uh, a lot of things going on. Uh, in the news and things that I've been watching. I'm going to first talk about, uh, let me bring you over to uh, my screen here. So I first actually want to talk about this Netflix uh, video that I watched, a uh, documentary that I watched on the weekend. 
it was really great because it talked about social engagement uh, over, you know, the documentary drama, you know, it's called The Social Dilemma, right? It's on Netflix. Uh, this documentary drama hybrid explores, uh, explores the dangerous human impact of social networking with tech tech experts sounding the, the alarm on their own creation. So it has Twitter, has, you know, ex, uh, executives and developers from Twitter, uh, Facebook, I'm trying to think of the other ones there. There's a, several other ones there, and they're talking about the how they take our engagement and interaction and work with that data and work with that information to get us more engaged, to make, make us more involved in the social networks and try to get us to spend more time. And I think it's really important when we look at this, when we look at cybersecurity, is this is actually human compromise, not you know, not on kind of a digital standpoint in the sense of your data, which, it, I mean, you look at that layer, it can be that, but it's really our human element of our engagement. I mean, they made one comment through it that uh, looking at our social feeds is like looking at uh, or is actually playing the slots in a casino because every time you pull it, all right, what happens is you're waiting for the, the, the dial to go through. And then if it's cherry, 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 or five cherries, or whatever that may be, I'm really not a gambler, but if it's five cherries or whatever that may be, then you win, but you're waiting for that to go through. And you're so excited. You're anticipating that, you know, them to go through and them to hit. Well, as you swipe down and the new feed comes through the, that same anticipations there that you're waiting for whatever that new feed is. And their algorithm is trying to feed you the information that you're looking for from the time you spend on each post, each picture, each video. So then you'll see more of this. And I, I mean, most of you IT guys and, all, and cybersecurity guys get, get this. You understand how this kind of algorithm works. The thing is that's the manipulating part is they keep feeding you that. So as you get in the morning, maybe you're sitting on the toilet and you're looking at your phone and you're doing this and you're scrolling through also, you realize that five minutes have gone by, 10 minutes have gone by, 15 minutes have gone by while you're just sitting there and you're scrolling and you're scrolling. You don't realize you're losing time. Well, that time is what they want to get. They want to capture from. So it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, TikTok, whatever that may be. That's what they're trying to do. So trying to be more mindful of that on how we personally are being compromised right, as individuals and our time being spent. Now, I'm in saying that. I'm doing a podcast. I want you to listen to it. So it's kind of a counterintuitive here. But again, it's just to be mindful of kind of how different social networks and environments are capitalizing on our time and what they're doing and what's the benefit. If it's in the sense of ads and marketing and kind of financial revenue and gain for other companies, well, I mean, you have to look at is that really kind of how you want to spend your time? If it's personal interest, you're just kind of taking a break. For sure. I'm not saying there's anything right or wrong with this. It's just understanding it. And this uh, social dilemma, uh, the social dilemma is a really good documentary. I'd recommend, you know, watching it. Uh, it's a good uh, watch to just have on the weekend or at night to really kind of give you some insight. So that next, let's talk about uh, the new normal effects. 85% of organizations say cybersecurity is more important than ever. Now, I was reading this article, and I'm going to have it, you know, in the Netflix as well as these articles that I'm sharing. I'm going to have it in the, the description below. So if you guys have any questions, let me know uh, how to get access to it. You just can go to the description, click on it, and then comment on the actual feed. Tell me what you guys think of this. 
So they're saying in this article, networking and hardware companies, Cisco stated that the organization became most concerned about data sharing during the COVID pandemic. In its dual research study, the company revealed uh, the security challenges the organization faced while supporting employees and customers in remote work conditions. It also highlighted the increased cybersecurity spend will make organizations and consumers ready for the current working conditions. So um, then they kind of go through some stats. 85% of organizations say that cybersecurity is extremely important and more important than uh, than before COVID-19. I wanted to hit that point, and I'm seeing that it's more important right now because, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's shining a light on security postures, the programs that they had, uh, companies had. And looking at it was one of those things at a certain point where it was planned out for the forecast. It was planned out for this year. You know, I'm going to plan out for 2021. And then what happened was COVID happened and it flipped that upside down. And then everything had to be done like yesterday. Oh my God, why don't we have VPN? Oh, why don't we have enough VPN licenses? Why don't we have the right device in place to, to manage all our employees? What about cloud security? What about cybersecurity awareness? What about, what about, what about, right? And it also was overnight where companies had to look at this. So I think right now it really had a spotlight on cybersecurity and what companies need to do and to make them take a look at, you know, what's essential, what's essential in the cybersecurity program and what do they need to really look at? And I think this is where you have the success and failures. The successes are companies were able to transition and move quickly. The failures I think was in the point where how to do that in such a short period of time. Right. And, and when I say the failures in that, and I want to be very clear here because a lot of companies did a great job. The failures in the sense of doing it so quickly in such a short period of time that there were mistakes made. You know, there was issues that happened. Right? There was you know, bandages and things that were kind of put in place to make it work. Right? And, it's, and I'm trying to be fair to the people that are doing it. It's not easy. Right. It was not easy. And if they had more time, they would do better work and they'd be able to deploy it better. But again, to have business continuity, understanding business needs, things had to be done overnight and quickly. So now a lot of companies, you know, look at March and February, March, they did it overnight. And then through April, May and June, they went back and reviewed it. Now, some companies and this is where the failure is, is some companies haven't gone back and reviewed. Right. And this is a small percentage. I don't know the exact numbers. But as I'm hearing more and more companies uh, have these conversations, I would say it's probably in the low 10, maybe 20 percent where companies haven't gone back and reviewed what they've implemented and done testing or against it to make sure that they're secure because they're trying to work on business continuity. They're trying to make sure that their financial forecasting is correct, uh, their supply chain, retail, whatever that may be is still maintaining so they can continue their business continuity for the next six months to one year. But again, that 10 to 20% need to reevaluate because if they get breached, it could literally shut down their company, right? Completely, like for good. And we're at that stage in like small to mid-sized companies where if they got breached right now, it could literally shut them down, you know, forever. Right? And this is looking at four examples. Uh, I know we're talking, I was talking to a few colleagues in, in the United States and New York has come out with a new uh, regulation that, all companies, you know, that do business in New York have to meet a certain security posture. And if they don't do that, they start to get fines. Well, just imagine that. And then just kind of take a, a second to take a step back. 
If they were going, you know, day to day, month to month, and not really concerned about security, and now all of a sudden this company or this, you know, new law comes in, uh, that you have to have this level of security posture. But now you're going through the pandemic. Your revenues are low right now. You know, you don't really have, you know, the resources internally to be able to, you know, implement these security postures. You don't have the financial you know, budget right now to be able to do that. And now this uh, governing body comes in and says, oh, by the way, if you don't do that, now you're going to be fined daily, monthly, weekly, whatever that may be, X amount of dollars. So now you're already low in your revenue and in your income. You're trying to keep your business going. And now on top of that, you've got fines that you have to pay. Now, I haven't seen any cases yet of these fines and anything that's going on. But I'm just saying, imagine that going through right now, that these financial restrictions come in and now you're being fined $25,000, $50,000, $100,000. How many small to mid-sized companies can sustain their business with, with, with penalties like that? I would say probably in the pandemic right now, not many. Right? And that's what I'm saying. It could shut them down for good. So this is why I'm seeing like security is so essential right now. And more governing bodies, government, all that are enforcing it now, which making it, it's making it harder and harder for companies to, especially small to midsize. Large organizations and enterprise environments have a security team, have their security posture and are modifying it and being very dynamic. It's the small to midsize companies that I'm really kind of focusing on right now that have this challenge. Uh, and going back through this article, uh, I just want to talk about a few other points here. Uh, 66% of respondents indicated that the COVID-19 situation result in an increase in cybersecurity. So again, talking about the postures changing. Uh, 60% of respondents are concerned about the privacy and remote collaboration tools. Uh, 53% want privacy laws maintained with little or no expectation for pandemic-related data. Uh, 40% feel they are unable to effectively protect their, da their data today. And the main reason is that they cannot figure out what companies are doing with their data. So that's actually a good question. Like, uh, do they have tools to be able to monitor where their data is flowing? Right? Some companies do, some companies don't. So something to really kind of look into. And that's, you know, 40%. So you look at almost 50% of companies that they, you know, evaluated about this. So the question is, are you working with, you know, a provider right now to be able to do that, to be able to go through your your data and tracking your data and where it's going? And then what data is out there? Have you classified your data to make sure, you know, what should be tracked and what shouldn't? Like, I mean, I'll use example. Say you have some marketing, some really interesting memes and marketing uh, collateral. Does it really need to be tracked? For marketing, for sales, maybe, but for the business continuity, uh, potentially not in the sense of it's not critical that if you that data gets out there and people get access to it, that's going to affect the business. I mean, what you want is you want more and more people to see it for sales and increased sales. But say it's your intellectual property, say it's contracts, say it's uh, financial information, say it's uh, personal identifiable information from your clients. That's now data that you want to make sure it's protected. That doesn't get out there. Now, walking you through the scenario, if you have remote users right now, HR, finance, uh, legal, anyone doing contractual information, uh, your sales team maybe even, IT, anyone that ha might have access to that remotely, now you have to look at how that data, if they have access to that data, how is it in transit? Is it encrypted? Is it encrypted at rest? 
you know, or where are they storing it if they are storing it? Are they making sure they're leaving it on the server or is it is it going into a local device, flash drive, hard drive, whatever that may be? Uh, you're looking at email. You know, sometimes people, and this is, you know, talking, kind of keeping your mind open to different scenarios, and different strategies. What if someone can't get access to it? You've, you've got a really secure system. You have a software as a service. It locks down all the, the data, the information, but now they do a screenshot. They do a screenshot and they capture that data. They get their smartphone. They take a picture of it. Now is that compromising your data? So now do you have an acceptable use policy that tells, you know, your employees what they can do and can't do? Because, I mean, physically, you can't stop someone from grabbing their phone and then taking a picture of the screen. You can't physically stop them, but you can have policies in place if they were caught doing this or this happens that they can be reprimanded and potentially even fired. That might be something to put in place, but you got to think this, these things through. And it's, it's a lot of work for someone in the cybersecurity or even looking at the executive level to think about all. I'm just trying to think that through, too. Because, I mean, you don't really want to think about that, too. You know, I'm looking at it, put my mindset as an executive. Do you want to have the point where you don't trust your employees, that you're thinking about that, they're going to do malicious things? Potentially not. But as security experts in, in people in the field, they go through and look at what are the potentials? What are the risks? You know, where are you vulnerable and what are the risks associated to that? Right? And where can someone compromise those those data points, those access points, those, you know, information. How can they do it? What are different ways people can think about it? And you go through that time and time again. And it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm just trying to think of myself. As physical security, when I worked in that, you would look at uh, a building, and I'm just going to use an apartment building, and you would look at different uh, egress and access points of how someone can get in, how someone can get out, how's the lock, is there a camera, is there an alarm system, you know, is there sensors, you know, you look at all this, is anyone watching, you know, is it well lit, you know, all these different areas that you're looking at different levels of deterrence and security because you can think, okay, if someone's going to do that, they're going to actually knock the, you know, they're going to get maybe a drill, they're going to drill through the deadbolt and they're going to be able to break that open and they're going to actually break down the the the, the doorknob. Now they're able to access that door and now they're in. But now did we capture that? Is it on video? Does the video have night vision? Does it? And you look at all these aspects. Well, no different from, you know, as an organization, having people in your organization that are advising you of that. And it's not the point of scaring people. And I want to be very clear. It's not the, you got a guy in a hood in Russia in a basement with a keyboard and he's going to hack you and you're going to lose your business. You know, it's looking at how to be diligent, do care, do diligence, right? And making sure that you are looking through your risks and then what levels of security you're putting in place. Your data is very important. Can it be at risk if it's in transit? Yes. Okay. What's the, the risk in associated to transit? Someone could, you know, if it's in plain text, someone can, you know, Sniff it and they can watch it and they can, you know, capture it. Okay, if it's encrypted, okay, so encrypted to one location, then it's going to that location. Can that person that location, can they share it? Can they get, you know, and you look at all these variables and things that people are doing and you have to keep thinking through it, that process, and keep going, keep going, keep going, and then look through the whole chain of events. Have you done everything you can to secure it? Yes, you've done your best, your due diligence, you've done everything you can. And then you look at transference. You have insurance, you have policies in place, you do everything else to make sure that's secure. And that's a long-winded you know, answer to looking at the security posture and just making sure everything's secure. Now, 
wherever you're watching this, wherever you're listening, comment below. Let me know what you think about that. I mean, I, I covered a lot of information. This is kind of my own personal opinion and what I'm seeing and what I'm studying. But I'd love to hear what you think when it comes to, you know, the new norm of security and what's going on. Uh, I think it's really important that we have that conversation and we keep going through it day in and day out. The next article, article I wanted to cover was uh, security officers are your employees uh, practicing good habits for home. And I wanted to bring this article up because it's so important now with our new, you know, posture, new business that, you know, potentially, you know, at some points, 50%, 60%, 80%, even some companies, even hundred percent are now working from home, right? They're not going to the office. And I've heard like all different scenarios now. I've heard where companies are slowly going back and they're having, you know, a small workforce go in. I've heard other companies say, you know what? We're not going to go back in the office. We're, we're now going to be all remote. We've seen it work. We've been able to set up our strategies. Why, why would we go back in the office? Why would we pay for office space when we don't need it? And this pandemic has really changed that. Right. Now, going through this article, I want to kind of read a little bit to you. Uh, security officer, good employees, practice good habits from home. Even if you can't see your employees in the office, they still need to be reminded that criminals are always trying to spot a weak link in the chain. When the world shifted to working from home, criminals pronounced never wanting, uh, criminals pounced, never wanting to miss a chance to capitalize on people in a time of weakness. They stepped up their phishing attacks, created fake COVID-19 information sites, and spoofed government health sites in efforts to access potential uh, valuable account information. While those types of attacks and scams have been around for years, people have been more exposed these last few months with schools closing, students have uh, switched to online learning programs and video calls. Parents find themselves sharing their laptops, their work laptops with kids to do their schoolwork and join virtual classes. All of a sudden, family and personal accounts for Facebook, Nintendo, Xbox, and Netflix are around, are right alongside office like look, uh, office tools like Zoom, Microsoft Office, and corporate email clients. Now, the, the rest of the article uh, goes on. I think it's important to look at, so you see all that just from the start, how everything now is in a home unit. When we first started to look at cybersecurity, looked at an organization, organization had everything internally. They had all the security controls. They had security you know, policies, what you could do, what you can't do. Uh, if you can stream video, if you can't stream video, all that inside. Now you went to remote workers. People are not home now. Where they're at home, they can stream video. They can do look at ads. They can click on different news articles. They can do everything. Their kids are on the same network and you hear this, you know, Facebook, Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation, whatever that may be, they're playing video games on the same network, right? That your work laptops are in that, that have direct access through VPN to your company, to your organization. So people are like, you know, and I've heard this, oh, don't worry, Brandon, I have VPN. Yes, that secures the communication from the laptop to your organization. Got it. But how is the home network secure? If that malware, because that work laptop is now on that network, right, the home network, and then your little Billy, little Jane is playing Xbox and they're online playing video games with people all over the world. If malware gets into that Nintendo mailbox and now all of a sudden that malware is shared out within the network, what happens to that work laptop? Does it get compromised? Does it get ransomware? I mean, these are things you have to think about. Now, if it gets ransomware, does that malware now 
communicate, have a direct access right into your network, right into your home or your, your corporation, your cloud solution. And now does it propagate and, th- and send out through your network, a VPN, have direct access to all your other employees through a direct VPN access to their laptops or desktops at home. And now does it lock down their systems? That's a good question, right? That's something you need to f- figure out. So that means it's your antivirus, your firewalls, your proxies, like all that. Is that all locked down? And then you have to have your acceptable use policies and cybersecurity awareness training that now your staff, including, and I, I really hit this home, and this is my own personal feeling, including their family unit, everyone in the household should go through cybersecurity awareness training. And that the person that's the employee of the company should sign off that they've been trained. They now have isolated their network and they've done that. They've gone through secure protocols to do that. And they're doing their, you know, their due diligence. Now, if they don't, now who's responsible? And that's kind of a question I have for you guys. It's not, I'm not actually saying I know who's responsible, but I want you to call that out. If you're not training the whole unit that's at home, and you're not making sure that they have cybersecurity awareness training, there's policies and procedures in place, and now someone in that home unit that's connected to your company compromised your company, who's responsible? I know there's a term that you know I've read in the CSSP that's downstream liability. And that term uh, basically means if company A on top gets compromised and anyone underneath right now gets compromised because of the supply chain of vendor management and they have direct connection through portals, VPN, whatever that may be, even clients downstream liability now starts to go from their responsible, like you're responsible for them. Now if they get compromised and go down through now they're responsible down and it's downstream, right? You know, and you're looking at that and it can go upstream as well. Right. If I'm, if they're connected to, uh, say a supply chain management is connected to my big Fortune 500 company, and they get compromised, right? And their their system that's connected to ours, you know, compromise ours. Now they can be, you know, held legally reliable for any breach or compromise or financial loss. So, going back to the home unit, what does that mean? What does that really mean on that side? And I think companies need to have to have have to have that conversation when it comes to government governance, risk, and compliance, and they also have to have it on the technology side in that conversation. So I haven't really seen much of that conversation going on when it comes to companies when they're looking at cybersecurity posture and cybersecurity awareness. I've been the one saying it so far. Uh, I haven't heard it too much on the industry and when I'm looking at forums and things along that line. Uh, one thing that was interesting here was that found uh, there was something about passwords. In fact, CyberCloud reports on password reuse among Fortune uh, 100 or Fortune 1000 employees found that 76.5% have reused the same password paired with their corporate email on more than one breached account. Uh, with the shift to e-commerce likely permanent, along with the continual uh, continued appearance and prevalence of remote work, the consequence of th- those reused or shared logins have uh, staying power. So that was important to me is how many people use the same password across multiple platforms, right? Comment below. I'd love to hear what your comments on that. I would say it's probably more frequent than we like it to be. 
Uh, I know doing dark web searches and working with clients on uh, doing some dark web and looking at the reports, you see, and I hate to pick on these guys, but you see a lot of executives going to, and I'm just going to, I'm going to pick on one site. Uh, I saw it the other day. It was, um, like, um, it wasn't meetup, but it was like a event, Eventbrite uh, and events. One, what happened was a lot of people go are going to um, networking events, online streaming events, things along that line. And that one site was actually being compromised more and more. And the executives that were in certain corporations, all of a sudden you could start to see their username and password, username and password, username and password. Now the password, of course, was, was start out. But you could see it was compromised that they had it. And that was the source. That was the source of the breach. So using, if you're doing that, using a separate password, you know, having separate policies. Now there's the last pass, uh, one pass in there. There's a whole bunch of different uh, password management tools. I'd highly recommend you take a look at invest into and have them manage your passwords and make sure they're complex. 26 characters, uh, lowercase, uppercase, special characters, Make it as complex as possible. You, you know, and some, of course, some sites only let you go to a certain number of characters, but the highest you can go, go to it. Right? The more complex your password is, the, the better it is. And then have separate passwords for everything you do, from social media to your banking to whatever that may be. Now, I know for me, when it comes to uh, using LastPass, I mean, I just got on it, you know, probably over the last year to two years because I was storing things in different areas and different kind of do, looking at my own kind of security posture. But using a password manager now has been better. And Oh, and let me kind of put on a caveat here. Every account you can set up, every platform, two-factor authentication on top of that. So you're adding complex passwords and you're adding, you know, two-factor authentication adds that level of security. And then being able to do it for multiple. So if you get breached on one site, it the uh, the hacker or bot or whatever's you know doing that can't run through all your platforms because they get to the next one that's a different password, you know, and you're able to, you know, they're going to try a two-factor authentication, but maybe it's it's not going to work. They're going to try a password reset, whatever that may be, and now it becomes harder and harder. So putting that in place to be able to be secure helps and especially now because we're working from home, it's so important to be able to do that. It's so important to be able to secure the different areas of what you're doing from home. One of the other scary things is trying to, if you get some sort of news, and there's so much been going on since the pandemic. There's the elections going on in the States. There's been protests going on. I'm just trying to think of other things the pandemic itself and the numbers and kind of people trying to follow up what's going on. All of these things that are going on, you really have to go to the source. So if you get an email, a phishing email, anything like that you're not familiar with, and it's like, oh my God, sensationalized email that you got to take a look at, go to the source, go open up a browser, go to uh, Google and type in, you know, for me, it'd be like the Ontario government or, you know, COVID Ontario government news. And then go see if it's .gov.on.ca and look at the valid resource. If it's cnn.com or if it's you know Pulse 20 or CB24 here for Canada News, cdtv.ca, whatever that may be, wherever your local news, go see that. Right? And then be careful on your social sites. 
clickbait, anything that's on uh, social media that might be sensationalized could send you to a site, could have malware in it, or could send you a site, a site that has malware. So unless it's something that is newsworthy that you have to go like, oh, my God, you know, Donald Trump got sick and got COVID. Oh, my God, that's that's too bad. That's sad to hear. Let me go to CNN, CNN.com. Let me see if there's something there. BBCnews.com. Boom. Let me go there. Go to the sources. And it's so important to be able to do that. So I'm coming up. I'm looking here. It's a quarter two right now. I uh, think that's really kind of it that I need. I wanted to cover today when it came to uh, Daily Cyber and the podcast. There's been a lot of great things happening in the sense of people working together, people collaborating and trying to work together through the pandemic. Keep it up. Uh, keep motivated. If there's you need to talk to someone, uh, you're feeling kind of lonely, you're feeling you know depressed, you're burning out, maybe you're overworking, make sure you reach out to people that are in your community, in your network, reach out to me. We will help each other to get through this. I mean, this is such a hard time for a lot of people and it's something that we really need to collaborate. We need to work together as a community, as a human race, as a human population, right? Really kind of help each other and work together and just, you know, be there to support each other. I know for me, a lot of times on social media, people are asking me about work and, and efforts, and I'm doing my best to kind of direct them to recruiters and different sites, whatever I can to help them out because some companies are growing right now and are really hiring, and then some people are laying off. So it's really important to do that. Now, some recommendations I have on a health and wellness side. Make sure you're reducing your stress. Make sure you're moving. Uh, I know for myself, and that's a reminder for me too, uh, if you have back-to-back meetings, stand up, you know, move move around, kind of stretch. I know a lot of us are sitting, you know, back-to-back meetings on a chair and not being able to move. So make sure you move, you stretch, hydrate. Uh, something I'm I'm doing a lot of. If you're watching this podcast, you'll see I have a huge kind of beer mug of water. I go through two to three of these a day uh, and just stay hydrated. Uh, have a tight community, tight network to reduce your stress, get some information out, whatever you can do. It's so important to be able to do that and take care of yourself because we're going through hard times, you know, when it comes to the pandemic, the flu, the cold and flu season is coming. So you want to stay healthy so you don't get sick, uh, increase your immune system. Uh, what other things I wanted to kind of recommend? Oh, eat lots of fruits and vegetables healthy fruit, fruits and vegetables to kind of keep your immune system. Uh, they give you natural vitamins, right? And just keep that up. And what else is going to recommend? Uh, sleep, hydrate, move. Uh, and then just have fun. Have fun as much as you po- possibly can. Laugh, listen to music, enjoyment, right? We really need to kind of do that just to kind of de-stress, get that out, right? Because there's just so much going on. So that's it for today's Daily Cyber. I know there's a lot going on in the industry. Uh, I know there's a lot going on with family and friends and kind of what you're doing with, you know, just in your own small community or even your larger community. So make sure you take care of yourself. Uh, Let me know if you have any questions. Just to recap, check out dailycyber.ca. Subscribe to the, uh, the community so you can get up to date on everything that's going on with the podcast, the events, what I'm working on. Because I really want to stay connected with you and just to make sure that you get all the information you need as well as, you know, I support you through the pandemic. All right. So that's it for today's Daily Cyber. Don't forget, software's hackle. Being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber.